Hello, this is Rita Highland, and this is a roadmap for leaders in uncertain times. Today's roadmap right here is what's going to support if you are a person who wants to move from being simply concerned and maybe worried or maybe just trying to hold on to emboldened. Hello, I'm Rita Hyland, and you're about to discover what it means to position your business, career, and life to play full out. This show explores the way leaders just like you embrace and achieve their ambition without working harder or grinding it out any longer. So if you want to take your life, business, or career to a playing full out status and do so while being the happiest high performer in the room, then hang with me because this show shares everything you need to know using the best of neuroscience, transformational psychology, and a bit of spiritual wisdom to help you change fast, even when it's uncomfortable or scary, or you failed to do so in the past. All this so that you can enjoy more freedom and prosperity in your business and life. I'm happy you're here. What a few weeks it has been. We are indeed, as everyone continues to hear in unprecedented and historic times, and What's interesting is that everyone in the world has experienced a setback. If the pandemic hasn't hit you directly, um, it has hit you probably in other ways. Economies had a big hit. Jobs have changed. I know um, a lot of my friends there are, have their parents in certain places that they're unable to come visit them, whether they're in their own homes or nursing homes. I know that goes, a, that's a, a huge concern and issue that's going on. A lot of us have kids at home who are suffering and grieving their own losses. Um, but because it's unprecedented, it makes it unpredictable. And that is something that's very un, um, unwelcomed by the human mind. We don't like uncertainty. And some of us might even be experiencing that this is harder than you might have thought it was going to be. And certainly as time goes on, there's going to be a need for endurance and resilience that we haven't seen before. But if you are feeling that you're having a lot of emotions, sadness, anxiety, anger, whatever they are, know that they are absolutely okay, that we are human beings, not human doings. And so we are feelers and that that's normal. The key is is as, as family members and as business leaders that we can't stay stuck in those emotions forever. So what I've observed, and that's what I wanted to really share with you today, is in my conversations with a lot of individuals this, over these past two weeks, is that I've, whether they're, you know, I mean, they've been, some of them, they've been individuals, they've been team leaders, I've talked to teams on Zoom, I've talked to my classes, my mastermind, and what I have noticed is that generally there are two types of people. And the first type is what I would call the untapped and concerned leader. And the untapped concerned leader is someone who is desperate to survive and to hold on at this time. They are very hardworking. They are kind-hearted. They are concerned. They are uh, self-conscious. They're even self-aware. And they have leadership roles, whether they're in their families or in their communities and jobs. But and they really are capable of great leadership and great service, but their psychology hasn't caught up with them necessarily yet to show them that. The second is the emboldened leader, and the emboldened leader is just the opposite. They are passionate or desperate to emerge, 
and they show up specifically in challenging times like these, they have a, this is what I am made for mindset. They are emboldened, which means the definition of emboldened means to become, to be made bold or bolder, especially in light of difficult times. So they're, these leaders in particular, they are here and they emerge from these types of situations. And in my conversations and discussions over these last two and a half weeks or so, I would say that about 10% fall in the category of the emboldened leader. Most, that, that is that those are who will get on calls with me and they'll be like, I'm ready for this. I was built for this. It's that Joan of Arc saying that, that I'm not afraid. I was made for this. 10% are there. But what I notice is that there's a lot of what I call the untapped concern leader who do want to move into that, uh, the next category of being the emboldened leader. Today's roadmap right here is what's going to support if you are a person who wants to move from being simply concerned and maybe worried or maybe just trying to hold on to emboldened and um, just some ways that you can traverse this time. And not just because there are going to be teams and individuals and organizations that either fail and there will be others that flourish. And there is some very distinctive factors that I have noticed over my 20 years of working with leaders that um, set apart the two. So again, my intention is to support not only the emboldened leader if you're, so that you're able to maintain during this entire time and have your endurance and resilience strengthened. It's also to help and unleash the untapped leader who wants to show up more and be there for their family, their community, their organization, or their business at this time. So again, I put together these five rules for leaders. Um, and what I'm going to do is that we're going to go through a rule, a, a rule, five rules, and then a corresponding question, as well as a couple practical tips that you can start to apply now. The most important thing that you need to know about the emboldened leader, and this is why everyone is that everyone A can be an emboldened leader. That we have, we are capable, we have a leader within us, I believe, that can be cultivated. But the important thing that makes an emboldened leader different is that they have self selected themselves. They may not have a title, they have not been dubbed knight. They do not have um, something that they've waited for. And oftentimes, I will see that there are too many individuals that are making the mistake, the untapped concerned leader, of waiting to be asked, waiting to be told to step up, and they doubt themselves. And again, they may have not been tapped by their company or their manager or no one has declared it for them. And so they ask the wrong question. They are asking the question whether or not they are good enough. And what I want you to know is that whether or not, and my teachers and mentors have always shared this with me, whether or not you are good enough right now is not your business. The only question to ask at this time is who needs to show up and who, who, do, who, who needs me to show up and how can I serve? Who needs me to serve them? It, again, is not your right to ask if you're good enough um, because there are people who are desperately in need of something that you 
are talented at, that you are capable of. And it is our responsibility, I believe, to do that showing up. Even if where you're at is not perfect or that you might have some hesitancy or resistance, um, specifically if it's not, if it's not perfect enough. I have a colleague in Zimbabwe who I usually talk to like every other week. And um, she, for a long period, has been, um, and right now, well, let's just go to where, right now, she, they have a need, they have 10 ventilators she recognized in their country. And they, um, to you, I'll use her words. She said that I realize I don't need anything else. I just need to decide I'm going to make a difference. Find a need, commit to it, take the stand and be the change maker I've longed to be. And with a lot of fear and a lot of justified fear over in her country, she, within 36 hours, had over 420 or 240, excuse me, engineers and law, just um, medical experts and stats people who were building shelf ventilators for her country, Zimbabwe. She admits, again, that she has been terrified and tinges of not being ready for this, but this is what she was called to. And I give that example because that's where she lives. I am not about, it's not about extraordinary things. This is a normal person making a decision. And right now, there's something that you have a new contribution in some way to make, and it may be through your job, and it may be in another way. It may be when you're at the grocery store I believe that we're all that we're leaders in that space as well. And what I have found is it is actually harder for you to not do the work or be the individual or the leader that you are here to be. And what I mean by that is it's exhausting to hold yourself back. And it's draining to argue for your limitations. And that by you doing whatever it is that you're here for, not only will serve you, but it improves your well-being. Um, it's, and it's easier. It's just, it's natural. It's almost to me like when I see people go and move into something and take action, this is a time of productivity. And doesn't have to be, I think that's what I want to make a point. It doesn't have to be something like you're getting ventilators in Zimbabwe. It, that's just because she lives there. It can be that you are setting an intention to um, keep as many people hired as you can, that you are redesigning your, re-strategizing your business, that you are looking for new answers to old questions. So the first question that I want you to ask right now is what is something that you are about right now that requires your leadership? Who needs me to show up and who can I serve? Because I want you, first of all, you might already know what this is that's beckoning you. But don't let your analytical mind talk you out of whatever you just saw, the first thing that you just saw. Let's just take that through, that thing that you identify right now through the roadmap. Okay, so our first rule, embrace an emboldened leader identity. What this means and where many people make mistakes is that they are doing things or trying to embrace strategies when they're not the kind of person that will ever employ them. 
So an emboldened leader identity means be the kind of person to do what you need to do to have what you say you want. That's a be, do, have model of performance. I'll give you an example. You, uh, you know, a world-class Olympian could never do what a world-class Olympian needs to do if they weren't being disciplined, if they weren't being a certain kind of identity, which means the characteristics and the ways of being of a person who is, um, who is capable so that that person will do the kinds of behaviors that are necessary. Um, as I said, I've seen people work really hard to be given a strategy and solution and not be able to employ it because they don't have the kinds of characteristics and qualities and ways of being that be to, in the, to, that's where you start with your being so that they will actually execute or stay focused or be resilient when something is a struggle. So what I've noticed also about emboldened leaders, I've left, listed a couple other qualities and is that emboldened leaders are proactive. They jump in. They are not, the, 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 the untapped leader is more reactive. They're waiting to see how things shake out. So these, these people are proactive. They communicate consistently. They take risks and there's tri- they're trying new things. They're, and they're curious when something's not working out. If something isn't going their way in a business, they're looking to find a way. The, the best example I can think of right now when I was writing this is, is Governor Cuomo, is that he is someone who isn't, isn't taking no for an answer. He's looking for way out-of-the-box solutions. He's jumping in. Admittedly, he had a title, but there's other people in New York who have a title that aren't showing up. So it doesn't matter your title. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It's mattering who is the type and what's the kind of identity that you have at a base and core level. They're constantly developing quality relationships, the emboldened leader. So right now is an an amazing time to be developing relationships with people and, and people that you might not normally be in communication with. So the first question that you need to ask is what three qualities or characteristics will you embrace to be the leader you're called to be? What are those three qualities that you will need right now to be able to show up to what's being called of you at this time? Identify how to show up. In that way, you're going to be a role model for people. You'll be a role model for those you're you're in close quarters with right now. You'll be a positive influencer and serve and be able to make the impact, whether it's in your company. Begin each morning. This is what's key. The practical application is is that you begin each morning with those three qualities in mind. I will tell you, mine right now at this point is to be, I've always used the top one of being centered. When I, I always go like this when I say it. I'm, I'm centered means that I, I'm aligned with what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm calm. I'm, I'm grounded in my identity. So centered is a really important word for me. Centered, committed, and courageous. So those are my three, my three C's. Now, if you can't handle three, you can choose one. And what is the one quality, what's the one characteristic? If you woke up and began your morning with that characteristic, 
would leverage everything for you in these next eight weeks or however many weeks that we will be locked down and then have you prepared and positioned as you go forward. So whether it's one or three, this starting at this space, if you, if you started here with your identity, it's like the, it's like a golf cart, a golf, a, a hitting a golf club or, you know, throwing a golf club. It's if you just pivot or change one centimeter by ha- starting with these three characteristics and lived your day from them or one, it would, it could throw your entire game an entirely new trajectory. Okay. Which brings me to the second step in the row back, And that is have an emboldened leader vision. Now there's two mistakes. Our brains are, are really quite amazing and they are underutilized. Neuroscience has shown us that what we tell our brains to see, it will go to make right. It's called cognitive dissonance. So that's why finding your focus and a clear vision is so important. But what's happening to many leaders, and I've gotten on with them over these weeks right now, is that they have what I call an inverted vision, which means that they're consistently focused on what they don't want I don't want to lose the business. I don't want to lose the clients. I don't want to lose. um, I don't want to have to lay people off. I don't want to um, sacrifice myself financially. So said differently, and and, and this is the way to think of it, is that you can't hit a target you can't see. You know, so we, you can't, in continually looking at what you don't want to crash into, you will crash into it. I'll give you an example of that later. So your, in, your vision, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example, is, again, as opposed to, I, I don't want to lay these people off, your vision would be, I am able to pay 50 people, I will keep people's page, 50 people's paychecks going over the next eight weeks. And this was once one of my, my clients um, that I had last week, well, before the federal government came out and is maybe helping, but um, for her specifically, but she had already positioned and set her intention for that. It might, instead of it being, for example, I'm not going, I don't want to get sick and being worried and concerned that you're going to get sick. It is, I'm setting my intention that my family is healthy. What happens then is that two different things happen when you have a, a, a clear vision is you ask better questions. You ask better questions, higher level questions this woman I speak to, that's business owner I'm speaking of, she whose absolute was immediate shutdown of her business could be, she um, reinvented, she's become an, an essential business, she's pivoted, she was able to pivot her message, she was in front of the right resources, and that's what happens. And so that she is able to maintain her business. Um, I think the biggest problem right now is that a lot of leaders are overloaded and I understand that there's triage to be done in some situations, but they're looking to mitigate risk and to avoid the unthinkable. But you have to always be able to return to where you are in a positive, clear focus. Okay. Um, The second one mistake that people are making before I go further is that they're really circumstance driven. And what I mean by that, I'm sort of referring to it when I say they're mitigating risk, they continually look day by day and are reactionary to what fires they need to put out. I've had a lot of people just will call and they'll answer. I'm like, I'm just putting out fires. 
what happens then is because there's no clear vision is that they're going to wake up in eight weeks and have just been a firefighter and probably not been looked at how maybe their business could have been, been remodeled or repurposed or um, repositioned. If we are at home, we'll miss the opportunity to really reevaluate and take stock and what we're, um, what we're doing and where we're going. So again, the opportunity here is to be vision-driven versus circumstance-driven. If you feel that you're constantly, I, lo- I mean, my visual is just like playing in the mud or, or, or um, j- constantly with your head down, then you're, you're, missing, you're missing some opportunities. So instead, the, the key here is find your focus, start at point B, and work yourself back to A. So start at B and work back to A. Be clear of where you're headed and what you want to access at that point and set intention. So setting intention is different than goal setting. Goal setting is pretty lifeless because it's, it doesn't have any, um, uh, I call it any viscosity. It doesn't have feeling. So visualize with feeling, which is the way you actually talk to your subconscious mind and actually actual use your brain and your mind to work for you is visualize with feeling as if something is already done. So it's very important here that if you have a 12-week vision take or a year-long vision, and many people, really visions that you probably set up or goals that you had for the year are getting totally, totally erased, totally shut down. You're not unique. That doesn't make you special. Everybody's having to come back and to really re- get clear once again, what is it that I see for myself and desire at this point? And than to zoom in and have that focus when you wake up every morning. And you can put it into four words. I mean, it can be a short vision. My intention is to, um, to, to know, identify what it is that's my, the, the, my inspired career after these eight weeks. My intention is to, um, to have a business model that um, works in this next this next year. My intention is that I maintain 80% of my employees. My intention, it can be all these different types of things, but whatever that is to you, whether it be personal or professional, be clear of what it is that you want so that it's tangible. Know your North Star. Um, And so the question for this rule is, what will I be proud of accomplishing when this is over? I love this question could spend so much time with it. And who will I be proud of being? This is such a unique time. It's been a great, I believe the pandemic is a great neutralizer. It's a great equalizer. It's, it's, it's every single person on this planet. It's an interconnectedness or is experiencing the same thing. So ask, who are you going to be? Which person? Are you going to be the person who's been untapped? And worried and just holding on, or will you be someone that you're, who would you be proud of being and start at B and and take some time with that question. Now, the next rule is almost necessitates out of this, and this is to feed your vision, not your fear. What this means to me is to be, it means to be loyal to your vision, to be more loyal to your vision than it is loyal to your fear and spend more time. Let's be clear here. I'm starting right at the, the, the brass tacks. Fear weakens your immune system. 
Fear weakens your immune system. What happens when you start to worry or get stressed is that a bunch of cortisol gets downloaded into your body, which puts you on attack mode. It makes, it's, it's, it's fight or flight. It's your amygdala hijack. And it has you just constantly on alert, which what happens then is it weakens your cells. Your cells become weakened and then you can't fight this, the, the sicknesses. So this is an example of when you worry, you create what you do not want. Worry is not a strategy to getting what you desire. So I'm going to show you some ways to minimize your fears. But the first is to understand that we have to be really vigilant, that we're not going to win this game. We're not going to win this battle if, if physically, if we don't first get it mentally. We have to win psychologically before we, before we can actually beat it physically. So this is why this rule is so important. So I'm going to give you um, a couple ways to do that. The first is, and this is something I encourage everybody to do with their teams, if you're at a workplace, even if you're on you know, everyone's locked into their homes, but even if you're doing, um, having a way to do this is to identify your wins daily. The only way that you're going to be resilient and be able to endure this is that you're moving your attention to what is working at a time when all you're probably being peppered with is what's not working. So you can do it in your personal life with your, with your kids daily. What was good about the day? You can do it. I encourage everybody to stack these weekly with their team. Have a 10-minute um, love fest or fan fest at the end of the week and because otherwise this will really, um, well, two things happen. It breaks people down to constantly hear what's not working, but the other piece is that it will um, dramatically have them underperforming because we know that a mind at negative, neutral, or stressed is never going to be as smart, intelligent, um, pro- great at problem-solving all of those. So, so support yourself and as well as your teams or your people by stacking your wins and getting consistent about that. The second thing is recognize that it's called a storytelling frame. And I want you just to, at some point, this is going to be over. This is temporary. And then one day we will be talking about it. We will be telling a story. There's going to be time when you are going to tell some about this time. And Live your life as though you are fulfilling that story, as though you are meeting the challenges that occurred in the story. It makes what's happening more acceptable. So be a storyteller um, and use the storytelling frame. This, this third one is, I loved this. It was a, it's a, a zero accounting gratitude because two things. When you're in gratitude, you cannot be on the same frequency as fear or depression or anxiety. They just don't share that. That's a, physio, that's a, that's a physics thing. So moving your mind to, to gratitude. But I think one of the things that's challenging now is people be like, well, what do I have to be happy about? And the reason for that is because, and this is came from a participant in one of my classes. She's in, is in Colorado. Her father passed this on to her many years ago. In fact, he, she thinks, I think it, when I looked at the date, it looked like it was almost back when we had the last recession or the last um, back in 2008 time period. But um, it comes out of the idea of zero-based budgeting, which is, a, which is a, when a budget is created from zero or nothing, as opposed to the traditional 
way of, of accounting, which is often to make a comparison and adjustments to what already exists. And applying that to gratitude, that same concept to gratitude, we can easily find ourselves in the trap of taking things for granted or being disappointed when things don't meet our comparison model. So in other words, we're, we're, we're incremental with our gratitude because, well, we were, you know, we're only thankful when we get a new client or when we lost a pound or when um, we've increased revenue, but we're ungrateful when, um, you know, we can be ungrateful um, in the present when, when we're constantly in the comparison mode. So what you want to do is simply be grateful, zero accounting gratitude, be grateful from that, which you don't already have, like be there that that you get to wake up in the morning, that you get to stay in your pajamas if you want, if you get that you um, are able to breathe. I think that it's missed because we're making comparisons. So have a zero accounting gratitude and make sure that you spend a lot of time there. The fourth thing is backdoor gifting. I think everything is made more tolerable and um, keeps me out of my fear when I recognize that it's all happening for dare I say, a reason. for ha- It's happening to help me evolve or support myself in some way, even if it's backdoor gift, even if I can't see it right this second. I'm constantly looking at why something is working for me. I have people who've been fired who are saying it was actually perfect. So it's, it's understanding that things are working out, even if we can't see them, but it is a choice to stay out of your fear and to see that. I've had floods. Why is it great that we had a flood? Why is it great that um, we're go, that, that, that this has happened at this time? It's a choice, but here's the thing. Everything that you're telling yourself is a made-up story. Even the stuff that you're afraid of right now is stuff that you're fearing and it's made up because it hasn't happened. You and I are, are safe, and it's probably un- illogical that anybody on this call is going to actually die from Corona, but, or that, and who knows, and hopefully none of our loved ones. But here's the thing. Many times we follow a story that will keep us in that space. So it's being diligent and constant that you're able to, and realization that you can move your attention. The fear is not you, you, it's a thought that you're having and you can make choices to change it. The other thing, writing on it, I mean, some of my clients have appreciated and do this, that Um, University of Texas had research that was done with soldiers that came back from war suffering PTSD. And what they found is just 15 minutes of writing in the morning of all the negativity and the pain that is going on within them, that if they got it out no more than 15 minutes, that their rate of healing increased by 62%, which is quite significant over their other, other peers who had, were suffering with the same. So that idea of writing on it and getting the negativity out and not getting um, immersed in it from and you know having lunch and dinner with it that means you also have to be conscious of who you're communicating with. It doesn't mean that you can't feel a feeling, but in, in fact, I encourage you to express them. It's just to un- not let your emotions rule your entire day, but can, can some extent, if you're able to, to give a time limit. This, this, this levity lens, I like laughing. That's my thing. I love, I love humor. And there are some tough situations. I was with my daughter last week and early on before we had done a lot of social distancing. And she and I, there was some man that we were getting stuff as we were 
that night we're supposed to begin our lock-in. And she was, the man was a little bit gruff from behind the counter and told her to back up six feet and start social distancing. And it was my eighth grader and she was not, um, she was, I could see she was disturbed by it. It took unusually long in the line. So we were probably separated for 10 minutes and it was larger than six feet that she was separated. But, and I, I felt it, you know, it starts to make us, we're having differences in what we're able to do. And I made me a little bit ill um, or I felt uncomfortable. I felt for her and I went out and we chatted a little bit. But as soon as I got home, I got something in my text, which made me laugh. And it was this cartoon that said, back the fuck up piglet. I'm trying to social distance. And it made me chuckle. And so I actually laughed for probably an hour about it. And what I'm saying to you is that there are, you are able to, and it's okay to find levity. It's needed in our moments. So the question is, if I weren't afraid and was loyal to my vision, I would. My teachers have called this mining for gold. If you just took out a piece of paper and wrote as long as you had, till you could, couldn't come up with any more ideas, and that could be the front of a, of, a, of a loose leaf in the back, that if I weren't afraid and I was loyal to my vision, it's not really a question, it's a statement that you complete, and over and over again you answer that, you will have amazing insight and ideas and wisdom that come up, yeah? The key here is once you are asking the question or finishing the statement is to trust when the ideas are revealed to you. And of course, the last step is to act on them. I would say that many untapped um, concerned leaders will spend time and they might do this, but then they don't take that last step of acting. We have to act if we, as if we are, you know, and move in a space of if we were not afraid. We got to be more loyal to our vision and to our fear. Okay. So the fourth rule, it leads me naturally to the fourth rule, which is to lead with compassion. The antidote to fear is compassion. And indeed, we are experiencing a collective anxiety in our world, um, a collective anxiety on our planet. What that means is that and you can feel it when you're in the grocery stores. I do my best when I, if I'm running on the prairie path to look people in the eye, keeping our distance, of course. And, but understanding, and this is something out of my many years of experience doing what I'm doing, is that there are stories and things going on that we can't believe and would never know about other people. So be kind, be human, be, be compassionate. Um, nothing great was ever born out of fear. And the worst thing that could happen right now is that someone, you know, I, what I want you to know is that bad behavior is a result of fear and poor judgments, a result oftentimes of fear. So the worst thing you could do is that have fear thrown at you and that you lob it back or you become insolent or nasty or angry or judgmental. So be kind, be, be humble, bring humility to the, to the leadership, your leadership. Um, I'm really amazed right now at how many, this is exactly a backdoor gift from this experience, how much great stuff is going on in the world. It's actually where I choose to put my attention. And I saw the MyPillow people are, have, he's, um, 
he's closed down one of his his shops, his his factories, and repositioned or repurposed it so that they are making uh, masks for people. There were twenty thousand he was making a day. He's up, he intends to get up to fifty thousand. That's an intention that he's providing. Um, they've got everybody set up. So he's this isn't last night. I heard that Crocs is um, the shoe and their company's not doing well right now as they acknowledge, but every single day they're giving 20,000 pairs of shoes to the um, first responders in the hospitals and those who are helping. So every single day. And, and so people are going out of their way to be generous. And that's what I would ask you to do. Generosity comes from you showing up to be the leader you're called to be, even if it's uncomfortable or scares you. Um, so the truth is that we all need each other more than ever at this time. And um, yeah, we just, we're, there, this, it's a historical moment and it's showing us how very interconnected we are. I was wondering if we were able to show like the six degrees of separation, like where, if it went from dot to dot to dot, that we could just see that somebody got it and from one country, you know, that within six degrees of each other, just to be how fascinated, how close we all really are. Um, and we need each other to be prudent. We need each other to be responsible. We're really interdependent upon each other and we need each other in so many ways. Physically, we need to rely on each other, as I'm saying, but then, yeah, many are just having a lot of different experiences. And that's all I would like to just to, to, to add is that be aware that as similar as we are and that we're all being leveled, that we're also, that there's also people that are having really unique experiences that are even tougher. Um, build your relationship, relationships. Um, and I would say that an emboldened leader, and you can see that with Cuomo, I mean, is that is very um, sensitive to others' worries and their concerns and their loyalties which brings me naturally to our question then, where is fear that I can bring peace of mind? And here's something interesting about this. When we give peace where there's fear, in giving we receive. It's the same frequency. So when, we, when you give, it's the same as though you're receiving and, and trusting that it will always be coming back. It's, it's be generous. Um, you might be someone who's been on the telephone with 30 clients during the day who have their who are in their own fear and nervous. I have a lot of people in the financial firms who are dealing with um, managing and navigating very upset clients and worried clients. And so look at how you can bring peace of mind. One of the easiest ways is just simply be empathic, is to say, I get you, I hear, I understand, I've been there. I, you know, it just that they can be seen, heard, and understood. Doesn't even mean that you have to agree with them all the time, but just make sure that you're seeing and hearing people as we're out of distance of being able to touch. And this is where it brings me to our five. To be able to do that, you have to have a full gas tank. This is most probably one of the most important things for people to understand. This is going to last a long time. This is a marathon, not a sprint. This is for the leader who is conditioning himself or herself. You have to begin to create rituals and the commitment to follow it. There was a person that I knew who had a book that was going to be on PBS. She was launching it. And the day that this was happening, her son, the day before, he got hit in a car accident and was put into ICU. 
and he was put in ICU for the next two to three weeks. And what she said and what she realized is that many people at this time will put their rituals to the side or they'll dump. They're like, I don't have time to exercise. I don't have time to do that. It is, she was aware that it was the absolute most important time for her to make sure that she'd fed herself well, that she was on her A game, that she exercised daily. You need to know what fuels your tank, um, what takes care of you. I've had to be ever more vigilant. And it, it's, it's messy because it's not our normal structures. I don't like not going to, to exercise, not at the cl- clubs that I go to. I like when things, and that's everybody's human brain, likes routine. We like things to not change. You've got to fall. It's, it's, it's like the book, I was thinking this this morning, um, of the Navy man who wrote uh, Make Your Bed. Like, do that thing that you need to do so that you are in your peak state. As I've said before, I don't really work with people that don't exercise, that that's like a, a main, that's, a, that's just a low-hanging fruit. It reduces and sends good hormones and, I mean, um, pheromones and things like that into your body and reduces stress by 20%. It's just a no-brainer. It, it, it's, it's, a, it's a must. If that means walking, getting out into the cold air and walking, if you're in Chicago, three um, times a day, for 20 minutes, then do that. Hydration is another way of really reducing levels of cortisol and, and flood in just continually maintaining and being hydrated. These are more important than ever. Self-hypnosis and meditation, I used to hate when people talked about them, so I get it if you do. Um, I now, self-hypnosis, it's just, it, it literally, it physiologically takes your brain into a different, a beta-theta state, which calms it. It quiets the noise. It's as probably as good as having a cocktail, similar. So it, it, I invite you that if you haven't, there's Darren Marks is one. You can download these things easily. Start small, but it's an excellent way. It's going to be a way. There's going to be a lot of um, stress. I will go further to say mental health issues coming as a result of the period that we're in. And if you're working with people, if you're um, if they're on your teams. You're going to need to pay attention to this and have resources for them as well. The other, the other thing we talked about journaling, whatever your hour of power in the morning is, make sure that you're, you're taking it, um, that you set yourself up. Like my kids will sometimes say, well, will you go throw the basketball with me? And it's my time that I have set up for exercise or to go run. And I have to be I always take care of myself first. And I said, I'm going to come back to you because if I can't, the first responders, if they can't stand, they can't help the 30 people. And while we might, some of us might be, not be first responders, um, emboldened leaders are seeing themselves in the, putting themselves in the place of a virtual first responder by looking for where it is that they can help in, this, in these circumstances. The last thing is that maintain and lean on others, your relationships, and get support. Even leaders need a push. Even leaders need support. Um, so know what that is for you. For me, I'm tweaking it daily. I'm like, yeah, that was not enough. I'm going to need to do this. Because everything comes from your state. And if you you know, start the way you end, want to end, that is my Chinese proverb that I love, um, in all ways. I didn't like the kids just went back. Mike, I have kids at three different schools. 
two of them went back this week and to e-learning. And so we just spent the first two weeks um, playing. One was spring break week. One was just a week off. Or they, and so they are, they didn't, we didn't start the way we went to end. So they've already gotten into habits of not getting up and doing things in a certain way. And, and so it's, it's harder when we don't start that way. It's not impossible right now to make the change, but decide in what you're going to commit to, to be in your peak state. Um, this is a time to create rich uh, habits and rituals if I've ever seen one. So what ritual or habit when you commit to it will be responsible for your greatest change and your greatest leadership? What habit? Is it exercising every morning to be clear-minded? Is it learning, taking up hypnosis for the first time? Is it reading a book a week? Is it making a telephone call? What change will help you that will be the pivot for you that you can leverage? Like the golf club swing. So this, as I'm saying, is the perfect time to up-level you. Now is really the time to take stock in developing your skills. Things are changing for a lot of people. Jobs are going to change massively. I don't even need to tell you that. You've already seen it. So how are you setting yourself up? How are you leading for others? Things are often going to get better before they do get worse, as I said. And um, many might be even getting this and will be getting this. So be smart and be diligent. Um, Connect with people emotionally. When this turns around, and it will, something to remind yourself is that this is temporary, is that you want to be ready. There is going to be a pent-up demand in many industries. Are you positioning yourself? Are you ready? Maybe you want to be a part of that pent-up demand in a new and inspired career. Whatever that is, be asking these types of questions so that you're positioning yourself and your firms and your relationships in a way that help you flourish. Savor the things that are right in front of you right now as well. This is like, I call this the planetary timeout. We're never going to get, hopefully, God willing, we won't have this time again. So it's unique. There's no coincidences in my world. Everything happens for purpose if we're looking for it. We could never have imagined things. And so this could never have been imagined. This was not imagined, at least in my mind, that this would really, that we would have a condition like this, that I'd be made to stay home for X amount of weeks. And so there are a lot of other things that we would never have considered happening. I look at them all the time. Who would have known that, yeah, I don't, I, you know, that certain people would be overturned in one day. Just, just, so be open to possibilities. What I want to say to you, ask from, if I could have, if I could create this or have this, what would it be? And start working back. So you're asking better questions, questions. As I'm saying this, what I'm saying is the pandemic can be a bright light for, for, for us, or we can at least turn it to be as, as, as purposeful and meaningful and as helpful to do something with. It's a chance right now to re-examine and to reevaluate your priorities, um, to rethink what really is important to you as you go forward. We really can use this time to spark change and to recharge um, in these key areas of our lives. 
So if we review this, the five rules, embrace an emboldened leader identity, have an emboldened leader vision, feed your vision, not your fear, serve with compassion and fuel your tank. When you do these things consistently, and if you go back and answer those questions for yourself, not a lot, it's not, it's not difficult, it's not a ton, but it'll get you to start asking new questions and showing up when you have new thoughts, you will have new feelings about things, which will pivot you, which will have you taking new actions and behaviors. It's not too late to be the emboldened, the emboldened leader. You actually become the solution, you become the strategy when you're grounded in your identity, when you find your focus, when you cultivate courage, when you lead from compassion and you take personal responsibility. That's when you become the emboldened leader that you're called to be. I want to know how I can support you. I am just, I am here. I'm working with a lot of my current clients on a daily basis, but I really, if there's anything I can support you with, I'm going to have more of these coming up. If you have any questions, maybe people I wouldn't encourage or tell you to write those. A, you can hear, you can connect with me at RitaHighland.com. You can write me. You can follow my podcast on iTunes where we're, we're putting more of those out next Tuesday. If you hadn't heard before we jumped on, new websites coming out and for us and in it, it's going to have some additional resources and tools. Um, connect with me. I will look forward to hearing from you. The big thing here is that you can choose of how you are going to move this. I think what I'm recognizing is that this might be more difficult than we're all prepared to experience or understand the depths of at this point. Not just the curing of, the, of, of our situation, but the, the personal experience that we'll all have being alone and, and separated for a while now. I was thinking this morning and in total transparency, I was so, I, I lost a little bit of my centeredness when I had to sign on for to get one of my kids signed on for his school. It wasn't working. So there's, so, so, so I, there'll be times that's like a outside irritation or anger that, that really what I directed at that experience wasn't really about that experience of not being able to sign him in. It was more, more stuff, more fear, more worry. So, so it's at that moment that you can course correct. The deal here is not that you're not going to experience feel, feelings of fear and worry and concern. It's about how long you sit in that time. Can you reduce the lag time? Can you move and pivot quickly so that that does not occupy your day? Have a bright and emboldened weekend and week, and I will look forward to seeing you actually very, very soon. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being with me today. By you listening to this, it tells me you're interested in growing yourself and likely not just for yourself, but to positively influence others as well. If you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead and share this with your friends and colleagues. When leaders like you grow yourself and then grow others, we all are positively impacted. If you have questions, I'm here to answer them and may even use them in our upcoming podcasts. Go ahead. You can send those questions to Breakthrough at RitaHighland.com. Remember, a half version of you is not enough. The world needs the full version of you at play. I look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. 